Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's Xavi. If you know me, I'm happy you're here. If you don't, I converted a moving truck into a tiny home amidst the pandemic, gave up my place, and hit the road. Starting in Vancouver, I drove to Miami and realized that there was too much adventure not to share. So to fill you in on my journey, the Play On Foundation presents the Two Degrees Podcast. Why two degrees? Because I'm now a snowbird and escaping two degree weather. I built the truck wrong and the majority of the weight is on the passenger side, so we're tilted at two degrees. But also, I'm going to catch up with industry professionals who I'm glad to call friends and bring you two degrees of separation away from them and what they do. So, welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Playon Foundation for Neurological Research and Brain Aneurysm Detection and Prevention. To learn more about the Playon Foundation, check out www.letsplayon.org. But for now, enjoy the show. But first, a quick word. Do you like mangoes? <laughs> of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. How's it going, everybody? Good morning, because it is morning time. It's another morning interview, because I love these. Get the day started. But welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Play On Foundation. And today, we got a lovely guest for you. I had the pleasure of working with him back in the day on stage, which was fascinating, because we were both new to that facet of, of entertainment. Um, and since then, he has decided to take off into the music realm, and I'm so excited to learn more about that journey while reminiscent on the past. But everybody, I know him as Colin Petier, but you might know him better as Nilo. Everybody, welcome, What's Nilo. Up? What's going on? <laughs> Thank you so much, How bro. Been? How you been, bro? Man, life life has, has definitely taken two very different paths since uh, <laughs> since the stage <laughs> but uh no everything's been well on my side currently in san diego um and just enjoying enjoying the holidays here what's going beautiful, on with you where are you at? down there i'm assuming <laughs> over yeah, here it looks yeah, like you're a in... literal like blizzard like we just woke up and it's the most snow i've seen in a uh, couple days, so <laughs> you know. I, I bet San Diego is probably way more chill in uh, in terms You're of like still snow. in Toronto. Yes, yeah. I'm in Mississauga right now, nice. but always nice. in Toronto, in and around Toronto. You know. Fair, 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 fair. Were you born and raised in Saga? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually like I was born in North York area, and I was there for a bit. But then I moved with my mom to Mississauga when I was like really young, and was pretty much raised here all my life. Um, until like now yeah. that I'm like kind of 
going back and forth in and around but i'm always around like the gta area um other than that i haven't lived mm -hmm. anywhere else but sog has been my spot <laughs> nice fun awesome well for this show you are the youngest artist i've brought on so far um i'm, I'm curious to know <laughs> Starting, <laughs> starting oh, from, talk from too much shit. <laughs> nah, <laughs> but like when, when you were, when did the, the artist bug enter your brain? Honestly, it was probably around the same time that we worked together. Um, in that, around that, time, oh, wow. uh, when was that? Probably like 2016, 2017. I think 2017 was around, the around there. Yeah. That, um, we did, uh, the fringe festival uh show and and um with warren and at that same time i was working yeah. the way i actually like was introduced to warren was through one of the shows and productions that we had worked on uh prior to that uh backstage and i definitely started getting into music around the same time that i was on set for backstage um i took an interest and in a liking to uh songwriting and just because i was starting out and i had no other like way to outsource or any networks within the music industry i just decided to like teach myself yeah. and and learn how to produce um music myself and then uh from there i was uh working with uh one of my mentors from mississauga Corey. he's like first person to like crack all the stuff like the ableton stuff on my stuff. so i had all this like random torrented like um plugins and software just so i could learn how to produce and then uh eventually got the the real deal but um i started out started out around then um and i remember just being on set or being uh on any production like whenever i had a chance i would uh be cooking up in my trailer or cooking up in the holding and just like doing my yeah. thing so it definitely started around that time when we were still um when acting was still like the main uh i guess the main priority in my life and 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 yeah the main like passion <laughs> now how did you get into acting what was what was that adventure like honestly a lot of that had to do with my dance background so because i was a dancer um i was able to land some opportunities and gigs with uh certain projects and certain like commercial work uh and from there i expressed to my to my mom how much i wanted to be an actor and how much i wanted to keep auditioning and 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 doing all the fun stuff and so i think around um i was i signed with my first agent when i was around 11 and before that i was just doing non-union work and the non-union work started when i was around nine so so i had a few years of uh, two years of, of doing some non-union work and dancing and and then from there um i landed my first uh my uh my first and only agent in my representation so uh shout out ami <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Um, which, which, who at AMI? Because I know another actor who was with them at first too. Yeah, was yeah, I'm with, uh, I'm with Shari. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Shari Kwalman. Ah, shout out Shari. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been the the, nice. the OG so funny. since day one. <laughs> yeah, no, she's definitely like helped out a lot of Toronto artists, especially. Um, getting their foot in the door and giving them like that Absolutely. real stronghold yeah, she's of the foundation super chill, for the, like for such a genuine career. person and really cares yeah. about her, her her talent and um i remember even yeah, having a meeting with her to let her know i'm like hey you know i may be uh transitioning and and pivoting into music and and so my my time and my priority is going to be focused on um 
just creating music and, and releasing as an artist. And when we had that, she was like, you know what? As long as you got me tickets to your shows, I'm good. And we'll keep sending you on auditions. We'll keep doing this. And, and, and whatever you decide that you want to do, I'm here for it. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Like she's like literally the best, the best. That's dope. So are you still auditioning now then? Um, here and there, I haven't auditioned in a while just because okay. it's kind of been on my side, just been like, okay, like now that I'm, I, I'm actually recently independent in general. So, um, you know, yeah. my, I, I had a switch in management as well as, um, the label I was working with. And so now I'm like completely mm. independent for the past few months. And so nice. with this newfound kind of, you know, process that I'm finding myself uh, stumbling into in a way, you know, um, it's definitely been way different. And so, uh, my, my priorities and like my, my focus has definitely been on like, okay, um, what does the distribution look like now? How am I going to release music as, as an independent artist? What's going to gain traction and, and how do I make this worthwhile? Um, a lot of answers that I, I didn't have before, I didn't need to have before are kind of like being asked now. So, so I definitely yeah. have been in like this new state of jump jumping into the water and just figuring out what the heck I'm doing and which way is up, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's yeah, been yeah. the new thing, but I honestly, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, like my partner about it and, and my parents. And I'm like, I definitely want to get back into acting. I just want to make sure that when I do it, I'm like doing it justice. So I'm not just jumping in, into, yeah. uh, into the craft again and being like, oh, like this is, you know, I'm auditioning. Yeah. But like, I want to actually be able to, yeah. like, um, dedicate my time to it and like get myself back into training and like figure out like okay like, nice. you know just take things seriously now like i'm 22 years old now yeah, so yeah. like you know i gotta take i gotta take everything i do very like seriously uh, at the same time as like have fun with yeah. it. But, but definitely like excited about what can be done in 2022 yeah no that's exciting man so in so when you were you did next step as well was yeah. that just all dance and then backstage was dance as well as like mu other musical aspects yeah so essentially the next step was strictly dance it, it, it highlighted it on a dance studio itself and i was in a few episodes in uh, season three and season four when i was around 13. um and mainly it was it was dancing but there was like a lot of like almost um the way that it worked it was kind of like an improvised script so it was you would mm. essentially get the the um the foundation of the scene and what's going on but then i guess they allow you to just run with whatever whatever feels natural and and there was always this mic i remember like this like mic or this speaker that was connected to the sets that you would just hear like the director and start talking and be like hey could you guys uh, try this and then you would just go back to ones and then like run it again mm. and so that was really fun and then after those two seasons I worked on um I ended up booking backstage which was kind of like um a modern day fame at, at that time so it was like based yeah. in a school of the arts and they had different aspects of art which was dance um vocals so like music and visual art so it was this this kind of, kind of like conglomerate of all things um all things art and all things you know culturally in tune with that space and it was really fun because like we had uh two sets running at all times whenever we were on set so yeah. there was always our a crew and our b crew and so like depending on what day it was or what 
scene and and I guess the flow of the day we would be filming I guess maybe like three to four episodes throughout the week or like four to five episodes throughout the week and we would be alternating and depending on what room we're in or where we are in the school and what director we are working with because there are four directors um we would be alternating between crews at like every time so it was really interesting honestly it was probably one of the most fast-paced uh sets I ever worked on and like I didn't I didn't work on too many. I, I've worked on like maybe like six or seven, like um, or five or six big projects that I would I would be a little bit more, I guess, um, involved in. And that one was like like very fast paced. It was it was thirty episodes in thirty days that we shot for both seasons. So it was kind of just like every whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was when I mean it was fast paced. It was fast paced and like. Obviously, Warren was one of the directors, amazing, and he was just like so fun to work with. Director X was also one of the directors we worked with, Wendy Morgan, and um, uh, we worked with RT as well as Lara as a party and Mario as a party. But they were they just gunned it. They just gunned it, especially with like Director yeah. X and Mario. Those guys, they're just like on top of uh, on top of their game every time we came on set, and and so it it definitely was, um, it definitely was a challenge. And it, it definitely kept all of us on our toes while we were working. So it was it was very, very yeah. much so like one of the biggest learning experiences about the industry and like about how film and TV work. And, and you know, sometimes I know we have like way more time to like digest things. But with that one, it was like you better know three or four scripts in your head every week because there's no stopping. We don't have any uh, time to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, respectfully, like as that goes, especially since you were so young, what was, what helped you with that work ethic? Cause like, if honestly, if I was put in that situation at that age, I, I think I'd, I'd say I'd never want to do this again. <laughs> but then what, like, where was your head at? How did you manage all of that? It was it was definitely it was definitely like pretty stressful at times, but I think that the main thing was you know obviously I guess my past experience of just being on set and also just like mm. understanding the ins and outs of it from you know 11, 12 years old when I booked my first show, and, and so it was kind of like that process of of the experience already being there a little bit as well as the people around working like they made it a very enjoyable production and a, a very enjoyable um set to work on like everybody on set just loved each other and mm. were it was a super tight-knit um community within it i feel like that was the one thing that i noticed a lot in especially within like kid and teen television slash movie or like film uh like working in those kind of environments everybody on set regardless of if it's cast or crew they always have the understanding that you're working with kids and so everyone always tries to make it very enjoyable and, and, and everyone always tries to, you know, keep that, keep that level of composure to a point where it doesn't feel like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like anyone is giving anybody any problems. And obviously there'd be, there's always going to be issues throughout the set, but a lot of the issues were never seen by the cast. Yeah. It was always dealt within the crew, right. And like the actual, like, um, Wow, foundation okay. of the production like I never experienced anything bad but I've known that like you know sometimes there'd be choreographers and and uh, producers arguing and like about like safety and this and that and like all this stuff so like they kind of just let the kids be kids and let us do what we do um 
as well as they gave us our space, you know, like obviously with, with acting, it's always the hurry up and wait type environments. So whenever we weren't on set, they, we had our own like holding and our trailers that we could just like do what we needed to do, get ready for our scenes, chill. And that was also where I cultivated a lot of my music ability because every break, like every break I had, especially on backstage set, uh, I would just be in my trailer, like open door with my speaker out, like, like making beats and stuff and like making That's everybody so here. <laughs> That's so dope. So it was really fun. So now a lot of people won't know this, only the actors will definitely know this, but so you did, when I was working on a show, it took us a week at least per episode to film an yeah. episode. You said you did 30 episodes in 30 days. You were making music. You were learning all your lines. And now the thing that other people don't realize, especially about child actors, is you also had to do school. Yeah. So how did you balance that? Where did that come in? Okay, well, honestly, like, I think that because I knew, and this is like, obviously, this is not like, like the most responsible thing. I know a lot of actors, kid actors, and like child actors that stuck to everything and just like did it with ease and excelled. Me personally, with school, that was kind of the thing that I was like, okay, you know what, like, I know, I don't know, like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the, you know, the Filipino side of me talking, being like, oh, I have to be a doctor, a lawyer. Like after <laughs> after I had grade nine, uh, after I had grade nine, take your kid to work day, and I went to the hospital, I was kind of shook. I can't lie, I was kind of shook. My mom works in the mm. operating room as a nurse, wow. and so when I went in there and I saw all the surgeries going on, I'm like, hmm, like I wonder if this actually is for me, you know? <laughs> like I don't know if I don't know if uh, wow. the, uh, the the medical field is if is something that I could uh, could stomach even, or I was like, you know, freaked out after it. So um, even going into, you know, a lot of these projects, I was kind of like a knucklehead. And so like, I would just like, like do my work in tutoring and like, they would always have tutoring, um, tutoring time, right? So I think that like within the actual union um, regulations of working with ch children, I remember the big things were um, you're not allowed to work a certain amount of hours until you're 16. So I think it's like you can't do overtime until you're 16, uh, or you can't be on set. I loved that years. about working on set. And there was a, there was a kid on set, and I was like, exactly. oh cool. So this is just gonna be a eight hour day. I'm I'm okay with exactly. That. You know what you're bargaining for. You know what you're bargaining for. You know. And so that was always a thing, right? So like we couldn't work. Yeah, we couldn't work more than eight hours. Um, it was always had to be, you always had to have some sort of um, a guardian on set until you're, I think it's 16 ages. And then I, I'm not sure exactly what age the, the um, I guess the overtime regulation uh, kicks in where like you can start working overtime. I think it may be around the same age or 14. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that like after that, cause on, on set of backstage, we we're definitely working overtime hours. Um, so I, I'm assuming that within 14 to 16 range is the same thing. Um, but then they also have like a mandatory tutoring time. And so whenever you're on set, right. you have to spend a certain amount of time in tutoring. Um, but I think that the finesse with backstage was it was filmed during the summers. So summertime, you technically didn't mm. need to be tutored um, unless you're doing anything that that kind of, uh, I guess, intertwined or like overlapped with actual school time um so that was the one thing about 
backstage that was really cool like there was no tutoring just because it was always summertime so we spent a month of our summer just like in a, nice. in, a in a middle school in north york just like banging it out um with the next step being on set there was always like certain amount of tutor time that you had but since i was on there for only a few episodes and didn't work as extensively on backstage on the next step it was a little bit it was a little bit more lenient and so like the work that i had brought in wasn't always like work that i needed to get done just because i again i was in my knucklehead gotcha. phase. but with the first project i ever worked on which was uh called dino dan i was 12 years old working on that set and i remember being in tutoring like all the time like all the time and that show mm. we filmed throughout the year it wasn't like a like a specific time it was just throughout the year and i remember at least being in tutoring for an hour and a half to three hours every every day on set which was a lot of time thinking about it it's yeah. like you got to be in tutoring for a while like in order for you to actually like for yeah. it to be legal for you to work on that set it's like oh it takes a lot but smart because you know kids need to learn and and i'm, I'm grateful that i had an opportunity because i definitely would have been swamped like even even now like hearing the workload from my my siblings um just some like kind of reminiscing on on the time that i was working and doing school it definitely was a lot it definitely was a lot and like um tutoring helped a lot just just being able to like get all my work done so i didn't have to stress my mom didn't have to stress and and my teachers didn't have to you know yell at me every time i came back to school mm -hmm. Were you the cool kid in school because you were an actor or did your friends at school were like, oh, that's whatever. You're you're still you. You're just Colin. Yeah, on it, honestly, within within elementary school, it was kind of like I was just the nerdy kid at all times. So like I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I guess the cool kids would be the ones that played sports, that played basketball, played football and soccer during recess, did all that stuff. And like with me, like I was always, I was always like involved in dance, and I did all the like musicals at school, and I did all like all the like all the performance-based aspects and components of elementary school. Like that was my that was my jam, and so like I always loved doing that kind of stuff. But when it came to like sports and doing all that, like. I can't shoot hoops for, for, for my life, like at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I could play soccer a little, but honestly, like it was, it was more so like, I was always like focused on dancing and like, and that was my thing. But then in high school, it was like this, like weird, like this weird, like in between, because it was, it was at the time where I, I, I was working a lot more and a lot of the shows that I have done, people were recognizing me from them. They're like, Oh my gosh. Like, and like, they're asking me about stuff. And so like people always knew me as the kid that worked. Like the acting guy and like this you know i mean the dancer and stuff like that but it was also a matter of like me not going to school and being at school sometimes just because of little yeah. things like if i had like family channel stuff to do like i did like this like bullying tour where we did like anti-bullying um it's called stand up tour and so i did that for a bit and like i would always just be leaving school and so I never really like, also after school was just like a write off for me because I was training 24 seven, I was dancing, I was doing everything I possibly could. Um, and so I never hung around anybody like that. And so it was always this weird balance between like, feeling like I didn't really know anybody, but like everybody like knew who I was. So it was this like kind of this, this, this weird, like in floating in between like having friends and just like, not knowing anyone at all it was more so like i had a lot of acquaintances in high school 
and I knew a lot of people, mm. but it's also a matter of like never finding like my my like circle of people that I could trust so like that I could like hang out with like that um, until mm -hmm. maybe like grade 11, grade 12, where I had like my very condensed like dance group of friends, which are, you know, my best friends throughout the entire two like last two years of, of school. But like, yeah, like high school was definitely yeah. a different experience, especially because I went to high school in Mississauga and Mississauga has like a predominantly like, you know, a, like a, a very big Asian um, Asian community down here. And I never like hung out with any Asians at my school just because it was always like kind of mm. this weird thing of this cultural thing. Right. Where it was like I was definitely, I guess, like like I grew up within the Western culture and like the Western understanding of life. And so, you know, all my references in terms of like everything I grew up on, my influences have all been from, you know, here. And and so going to high school and meeting some people there, like it was always like that thing. It was like. I was like, I felt like too Asian for the white kids and like too white for the Asian mm. kids. So it was always like, no one actually like, it didn't feel like anybody understood how to like, like deal with me properly. And so like people would kind of just be like, oh, like thing. And then I would more times find myself like being left out of things or like feeling like I actually didn't have people that cared about whether I was there or not, you know? So it was a really weird, it was a really different experience. And I'm sure like, a lot of people like a lot of asian canadians and asian americans can like feel that same like that that same experience and understand that same experience just because it's i feel like it's a fairly common thing to happen um where yeah. it's like you know we have kind of i guess for lack of better terms have a, have had to assimilate into a certain certain understanding and influence and then that we could never kind of fully understand that aspect mm -hmm. one of the books i'm reading now which I've, I've owned for a while but i have never like really like dug into was um uh fresh off the boat by eddie wong so eddie wong's memoir yeah. and and i've been reading i'm like in like you know eight chapters in and it's like the exact same experiences throughout high school felt like the exact same things um yeah. Yeah. i've experienced so it, it definitely was like whoa like kind of eye-opening to be like yeah no this is definitely a very like Asian Canadian Asian American experience that you don't really get to hear especially within you know western media it's always like i think now the representation is growing so vastly and so so hugely and like so rapidly which i love um and i think that it's something that i want to like fuel my music with and like and and bring mm -hmm. that aspect of representation through music um but you know it, it it's definitely like um you never really got to see what it was like to be an Asian American or Asian Canadian on TV or in a movie. It was always like, you know, yeah. um, very, very like one dimensional uh, characters in, in my opinion. And like, I, I like obviously growing up, especially growing up, like the only people that I saw were Asian on TV were like cartoon characters and like Goku and, and Ash Ketchum. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like a and really sense of your look right now. It's very with the trucker hat and the hair yeah. on the side. That's very ash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's 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 my uh, my uh, my idol, Ash and Bruce Lee. So it's either mm. this or I'm growing my hair and full bowl cutting it out. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I, I also now remember you had this one picture <laughs> with your haircut. And it was it was you with the Superman shirt, but then yeah. your haircut kind of made you look like a young Tita. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was a swoop. That was a, a swoop. 
<laughs> oh man. Oh man, that was amazing. Yeah, I was this question, and everything too. This, oh man, this question can can lead like down a very long rabbit hole. But let's see if oh, we yeah. can have a concise answer for this, so then we can start talking more about your music. But do you feel or ever feel like you grew up too fast? Ooh, that that's something that like that's something my therapist hears about a lot. But, <laughs> no, but honestly, like even that, like for you at your enough. age to to know, yeah. to be in therapy, that's a very mature decision, right? Oh, thank you. So it's, it's like it's definitely different. It's definitely different, especially because like you know like. And now it's even a realization of myself. It's like, hmm, have I been using my therapy properly? And I was like, you know what? Maybe I haven't gone fully into it. So now I'm understanding like the actual, like, you know, um, the opportunity to grow within those ways. I think that I was kind of like bullshitting a little bit and like, <laughs> you know, trying to learn things, but not really talking about anything. Mm. So, but it's, this is definitely something that I've spoken about in like in the past, especially with my family and like a lot of that too, because, you know, I guess my parents are the main, like the most concerned about that at times where it's like, do you feel like we put too much pressure on you? And you feel that, you know, we've, um, that you've grown up too fast. And honestly, I feel that there's been moments where it has felt like I've grown up a little bit too fast. And it, there's, there, there were situations that were put in front of me that um, I wouldn't have expected at such a young age um, in terms of especially I think the main thing that I've felt throughout um, my entire childhood that has affected me as an adult today, and it, it's a very, I think it's a more subtle thing, uh, a more subtle experience, but something that has definitely affected me as a person. Um, and it's kind of one of the more foundational and like, I guess, superficial levels and layers of what it means to, you know, feel like you've grown up too fast, but um, this sense of people pleasing. And, you know, as an, as actors, um, we're always walking into a room where we have to present ourselves in a certain way. And we have to essentially win the casting director over or win the crew over. And, and you have to carry, carry through that level of composure and maturity, not just through the audition, but throughout your entire um, working experience. You know, whenever you're on set, like you have yeah. to be on time and you have to be ready. You can't come to set not knowing what you're doing. And, you know, people are going to help you and that help you navigate. But there's there's no there's no um, there's no free ticket once you've booked something. Right. It's like you have to work hard. And one of the things that I learned on um, learned early on in my life was never say no. So it was always yeah. like, do you know how to do this? Even if I did had no experience doing that, it was always never say no, never say no. And I remember yeah. even booking backstage in the audition, um, my mom got pissed at me. She got pissed and she was yelling at me because she was like, why would you say this? Because in the audition, um, they had asked me if I did gymnastics or any type of like tricks and acrobat through, through dance, right? And I told them no. I was like, I, I don't. And as soon as I got out, my mom was like, why would you say that? You ruined your chance. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so, like, that was, like, one of the first things that, like, you know, that it was always a matter of, like, okay, now we have to, you know, understand the script when you go in, what you have to say. Don't just walk in and do your, do your scenes. 
just walk in and you have to say good morning, ask them about their day, you know, talk to them, you know, mm. tell them, extend your audition as long as possible. And then you do your shit and then you yeah. leave and then you're like done. Right. Um, so that was one of the main things that, that I experienced a lot was like this, like sense of like, I felt like I always had to make people happy and now going into music and doing my own thing just becoming an adult in general, like, like beyond career shit and beyond all the stuff, like, as a person, like I've noticed that my identity hasn't fully been formed and hasn't fully been found by myself um, just because of all the influences I soaked in as a kid and, and being yeah. not, not having, you know, not having the opportunity to like speak my own piece and feeling like I always had to say yes to every single thing. And so it was this kind of like yeah. this, like, this, yeah, now I'm, I'm figuring out that I have a lot more to unravel about myself and, and get into because like this is now the time where I'm experiencing the most um, anxiety and the most stress and the most paranoia about a lot of different things. And, you know, on a mental health um, basis, it's 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 been definitely yeah. a different experience, especially because like you know now learning that like I just recently learned that like I have a lot of different mental health background within my family, and so a lot of this stuff is hereditary, um, and it's it's this new understanding that there's still a lot more work to be done within finding myself yeah. and it's a lifelong journey of course but at the same time like there's there's definitely been you know things that i haven't even solidified within myself like people will ask me my favorite color and i'll just say blue just because it's it's the easiest color to say right but like do i really think that blue is my favorite color i'm not exactly too sure right and so little little questions like that like what's your favorite color or what's your favorite food and like all these little things that i actually never got and we'll be right back after this short message but in the meantime don't forget to connect with us on our instagram at play on 2013 and tell us what you think about the show do you like mangoes of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Now, back to the show. So, is blue your favorite color? <laughs> Honestly, I can say blue is my favorite mm. color, but my before my favorite color was green, and I would always tell people my favorite color is green, but then for some reason it just landed on blue again <laughs> but blue and green are like my interesting favorite. it's hard for me to pick nice pick colors and like that's one thing too like within yeah. then saying yes and being down for everything and just like going with the flow like that was always my thing i just go with the flow you know what i mean like that was my shit but mm. with that being said there's like no distinct like decisions being made on my end where i'm like no no no, no. actually like i want to do this and it's like sometimes i even find it hard to to communicate what I want within my relationships with my family or my relationship in general or like 
whatever the case is, right? It's like, sometimes I find myself like, oh shit, like, you know, there's a lot of things that I could be avoiding, like this like weird anxiety or stress or whatever is going on. Like there's a lot of this stuff I could be avoiding if I just expressed how I actually felt. But I've always, I've always yeah. been that kid as well. Like even growing up, like, you know, I would always wake up first and like my parents would always be like, wake them up. Or my grandparents, they would always be like, yo, wake us up when you wake up. And of course, like as a kid, even like I would just kind of sit for a few hours and just like do my own thing and not wake anybody up. Right. So it was, it, it's always been this yeah. kind of this repeating theme within my life of like being kind of like afraid. Yeah. Having this fear of like actually expressing myself, which is I feel like why I gravitated towards music so much. And even within my first project, like I feel like I've grown so much from my first project. But at the same time, like that project was an extremist point of of expressing myself right or it was it was like very like balls to the wall like just like almost like aggressive and angry and saying a lot yeah. of things that i didn't mean not because they were true but because I, I felt that i had to say that in order to combat what it was like to be a disney kid and all this stuff and like you know like go against the grain and I was really pushed, but yeah. even then those decisions were really pushed onto me by, by the people I was working with at the time. And they, they saw me as a Disney kid. Yeah. And so they didn't, they didn't want their business to be, or they didn't want, they didn't want me to have that same image throughout my music career, which made sense. I don't want to carry a Disney, like, you know, Disney star um, energy to my music at all. I wanted to be very like open to do whatever, but at the same time, like my first project was definitely like, whoa, like, you maybe need to chill a little bit and really think about what you're saying because like a lot of this isn't like isn't necessarily rooted within what you actually care about. Yeah. You know? And so now so with the new like music I'm making now, it's like Disney all about kid, PG thirteen and then it's like, oh, I need to be R rated now so people know that I'm not exactly just Disney. Exactly, mm. exactly. Like I I need people to know that I'm not just a kid anymore. And, blah, blah, blah. and like that's why it's like I I could only imagine what it would be like for for artists like Justin Bieber or like, like, I think the main person would be like Miley Cyrus, like slash Britney Spears, like where you, where you yeah. see this like big shift in. And I think that Miley Cyrus would be the best person to point out because like she grew up in the, she grew up in the entertainment industry and she was an actor. She did Hannah Montana. And then once she became an adult and she wanted to do music, she felt the need to, to, you know, go the extreme, the extreme, side of the spectrum right and 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 completely go r-rated and and show herself and express herself in that way and like i was watching her her joe rogan uh episode uh, and it was really interesting to hear the parallels between you know obviously that's a, like on on the scale it's like that's a way bigger scaling and like she had to deal with like not just working as a kid but the pressures of being in the spotlight as a child like that's what would have yeah. really messed me up. Like if I was in the same position as them, like that would I could understand how terrifying and how yeah, hard like that. Like if could. if your dad was Billy Ray, exactly right. So like thinking about that, I was like, oh, like you know, I in in a way I got lucky because I'm very fortunate and very grateful because like I had the opportunity to learn all that stuff and work and get my ass kicked in those ways, but never had to yeah. do it under the spotlight like that. You know, when I went outside, I was still a kid. When I when I went to the mall, I was still a kid. When I went to e everywhere I went, I was still just a kid. And it wasn't like yeah. I had people following me and taking photos of me and like 
all these pressures of like being the perfect Disney star, right? Um, it was definitely a way different experience, but I definitely can can feel for that. And, and that's why it kind of helps me to understand where I am now, because I understand the, the, how fortunate I am to be able to still be building from, from, from scratch. And like, you know, although yeah. music is this new, this new process and this new journey for me, it's definitely nice to feel like I'm back at the drawing boards and I could like put in all my work and my 10,000 hours while building something rather than feeling like I have to catch up. Like I never want to play a game of catch up. And yeah. I feel like that's with all of us, right? Like we don't ever f- want to feel like we're, we're, we're chasing our shit anymore. Right. Like we want to feel like we have our opportunity to build and we have the chance to like go ghost and like do our thing. And then when we can hit it, we hit it. Right. And that's my main thing. So yeah. with music, it's like nice because like I've built myself a good foundation, I feel, but at the same time, I'm still, I'm still just starting out and it's, it's all new and in no ways have I built anything for myself yet. Like everything is just like green pastures, which is fun. Nice. No, that's dope. You have, you have like unlimited choices on, on which way to go just based off of where you feel your mental health is at. And that's, that's healthy. And I wish you definitely all the best in that and finding finding which voice you want to pick up as you know your artistry grows so that's dope thank you bro thank so, you it's definitely been a process tell us about <laughs> this new tell us about this new project man yeah so i've been working with a lot of like a lot of friends and that's the beautiful thing about um i guess working in music right now because i was just the soundcloud kid and like doing things on my own and i never had to like lean on my acting experience or lean on my acting networks uh for music uh i've been working with a lot of my homies and my homies are super talented Mm. um a lot of asian representation so i'm working with my boy florian um he's a filipino mixer producer extraordinaire from from toronto as well as uh, my boy francis who he um he has he's just like he's like a few years older than me but he's like very much so just a mastermind he's worked with the likes of like Drake and he's, he's worked, he's just worked with everybody. Like he's just an amazing guy, yeah. but he's a, a Viet producer. His name is Francis Got Heat. Um, and then I'm working with my boy, David, um, Chinese producer. Everyone, like, honestly, everyone is Asian around me. Pretty much, pretty much. That's dope. Uh, but then That's my, also dope. my boy Rarely, and I've been writing with my homie, Ali Sue, and we've been putting in a lot of work together, all of us. And we kind of just like have been sitting on this music for a while. And within the music industry now, I think that it would like, it's definitely a different place, especially with like, I guess everyone can see it within TikTok and within socials. Like it's essentially a a playground for independent artists now. And if you're an independent artist, it doesn't matter if you're signed. It doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter if you are whatever the case is, um, you still have an opportunity to um, build your platform and get your music out there and, and really like have it has the potential to do really well. And, 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 you know, uh, I'm just, I guess right now trying to tap into those worlds, especially within TikTok and social media and like getting my face recognized within those platforms. Um, but because the music industry is in such a, a, a different, I guess, era, uh, I'm going to be releasing singles. So my first single should be coming out in February, so on my birthday, um, which is like February 20th. 
time I'm aiming to drop in February and now being independent, like I can kind of off, off whim, just like drop things, which is really nice. But my, my plan yeah. for these singles is to start dropping in February and then drop a new song every six weeks and just try and see nice. what the shelf life is on those. And, and like really just push, push myself to, to get on TikTok, post about it, like do the work on that aspect because those are the things that can actually really help and boost everything that you're doing, no matter what you do. If you are yeah. uh, an artist or if you are a, a, a rug maker, if you're an actor, if you're a visual artist, like whatever the case is, like I think that TikTok is such a beneficial tool for anybody uh, to be using, especially yeah. if you want to get your product or whatever, whatever you do out there. And even if it's your yeah. face and your, your, your talent, um so definitely within those worlds like gonna be focusing a lot on building a presence there but yeah my new music should be coming out within the next you know within the next month or two and it's definitely a lot more r&b and uh a lot more like melodic music Dope. rather than like mm -hmm. rapping and like doing yeah. my thing that i was kind of doing on my first project where i was like very like yeah ooh, ooh, in your face this is who i am yeah 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 now it's like more so like I, I feel like I found my pocket a little bit more. <laughs> that's that's a, like that, that's pocket. actually a good hook. Like I'm I'm hearing yeah. you rap that. Like that should be a hook in <laughs> in a song coming up. <laughs> exactly, it could be the next Kendrick sign where he's just doing <laughs> yeah whatever he's doing. So, but yeah, no, like definitely found like a, a little bit more of like my my footing on like what I've wanted to sing about and say. Um, and so it's a lot more music focused on like you know, I guess, I guess playfulness, you know, and, and effortlessness, I guess mm -hmm. growing up dancing, it's always the, the emphasis has always been on like making things look effortless and making things look easy. Yeah. And so I think that before I was kind of, kind of forcing a lot of things and I was kind of trying to come out of the gate with this really big rambunctious braggadocious energy, but like, realistically like i'm very shy i'm like i'm not really like the like i have you know when within the the spaces and within certain things like i i i obviously like i tend to let myself go in those ways but but like generally speaking i'm like a very shy person in public and like that's not my that's not my style you know and so i feel like i found my pocket yeah. within like okay how do i want to make things look effortless and like that's why i really love like i've been watching a lot and like reading a lot about bruce lee and his life and his understanding of life and his philosophies really because he had such a a beautiful way of thinking about life um and his his main motto is like be water be like water you know water can take the form of a cup water can take the form of the ocean water can take the form of anything and and so be, allow yourself to be flexible and so that's kind of like yeah. where i'm at right now i'm not really putting an emphasis on oh, this is who I am as a person, like, this is who I am, because I know that we're different people every day. And I'm learning that we're different people every day. And so I'm allowing that to kind of fuel my, my creative processes, because, you know, I want to walk into a, into a session and make it feel like a different type of session every single time. And that's the fun part right. about it, like writing with friends and being in like a cozy environment. I just opened up my own recording studio with my family so we built it me and my dad nice. from from you know the ground up and that was the first yeah, time right. i ever did construction and renovations and stuff like that so it was a, a, definitely a grind but a beautiful grind and mm -hmm. now that it's all open and we're set to start renting in january 
it just gives a you know me an opportunity wow. to to like also get income flowing throughout my family again because before it was yeah, like, yeah. like you know it, it's still a dance studio like we essentially took half of the dance studio um that my my mom and my dad run and we renovated the second half of it into a recording studio so beforehand it was a it was a dance studio and then we turned it into a cafe for the students on the on the other side and then and then now because of covid and everything and it obviously like the dance studio took a really big hit just because there couldn't yeah. be in the actual studio and so now i'm in a process of you know actually being able to provide for my family in those ways too where i can i could bring clientele in and 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 you know help the 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 income flow for my family which i'm really excited about and that's why i've been in mississauga a lot too wow. just because like i just wanted i just wanted to be with fam like throughout throughout i guess the past few yeah. years i've been kind of in and out of the house and so definitely the times i've been out of the house i've been doing the most like just the dumbest shit and and so being back at home for the past for the past year now i've been i've been home for the past year it's definitely helped me ground myself and i'm no no longer wilding out like i was going out and like doing excessively dumb things on the streets of toronto mm. <laughs> so yeah you know i'm still learning got that out of your system of no that's dope yeah. getting out of my system and and i definitely feel way more grounded than and than i have in in a long time which is which is exciting and and i guess the next step for nice. me would be to travel in the ways that i see you traveling and do your thing. i'm like oh my god it looks so beautiful <laughs> like i literally saw i literally saw you at the canyons and i was like bro this guy is living life just enjoying nature, enjoying the beauties of the world. Like that, that's what life is all about. Like, like trying to, trying to, like, yeah, enjoying man. Enjoying and experiencing like the foundational beauty of life. Like I think that I never wanted to be outside before. Like I always wanted to be like mm. doing something like, like working or like playing video games and like do my thing, like just, but never would I just, you want to just step outside for five minutes and just look up and breathe yeah. fresh air. But that was never oh. in my my conscious, right? But mm. now it's become something so prominent in my life, especially because of my my family. Like they've just been loving going bike, like biking and like doing all the outdoor activities recently. As well as my partner, she's just like in love with just being outside, and she she would live outside if she could. You know what I mean? Like so, like yeah. like I guess being in these specific environments and like like enjoying those experiences just makes like makes me like crave it way more like even like looking outside yeah. like it's like like snowing really heavily but even just going outside in the snow feels like way better than like just like sitting inside you know so definitely yeah. want to just like get back outside again and like travel and like no, that's fair beautiful yeah because like this world there's just so much to see and it's like you look outside and you see snow but then it's like Okay, well, have you seen snow in the Rockies? Have you seen snow in the yeah. Alps? Have you, and it's like, there's just so many ways that you can enjoy this planet. And it's it's what we were given. It's what we were blessed with. So it's like, why do yourself the disservice of just staying inside and working all the time? What's the point of working exactly. if you can't enjoy life, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's one thing, like, you know, I, when I was not at home too, I was living with, with um, some family and like, you know, I, I love my family, but at the same time, like, oh, it was different because like, the, <laughs> the, I guess, I guess you, you would, it, 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 to give you more context of what the household dynamic was like, it wasn't like fratty at all, but it was definitely like a boy's house, you know? So it was like, 
Ah, uh, mm. you know, like hanging with the like hanging with fans. It was a trap, man. You lived in a yeah, trap. Exactly. Saga, saga exactly. Trap. <laughs> exactly, right? So it was definitely like, you know, no one none of us were like, yo, you guys wanna go for a walk right now? Like, no, I was like, yo, you guys wanna ball up and like play video games? Like, what do you guys wanna do? Yeah. You wanna go eat and stuff? So like that was always the main thing, but now it's like, whoa. Now it's like I, I come I, I feel like I wanna go back to them and be like, yo, let's go for walks, let's go this and do that. And it's funny too, like especially since COVID hit, like I've noticed that even even the family I I wouldn't expect Juan to be outside at all. That's all they want to do too now. So it's like they want to either go fishing or they want to go snowboarding. Like like my fans out snowboarding like all the time now, which is like really I don't know, it just makes it makes my heart happy knowing that like we're all starting to find the the beauty in in what's around us and and you know yeah i feel like it was it's been long overdue where i'm like holy shit even though I'm like i'm still super young and i'm like oh, like realizing and understanding all this stuff now it's like you know i i'm very i'm very grateful to find this stuff within myself like at such a an early age but at the same time it's like it feels like yeah. oh, what was i doing what was i doing like why would i not want to enjoy all yeah. this stuff? you know that's just that's just around and 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 so, yeah, like one of my like favorite activities that I started doing when I came back home was like biking with my family. And we'd always go on Lakeshore in Saga, yeah. like just bike along the Lakeshore. And then like also just like bike through a lot of the paths that we have around our, our area. And like, just like biking for that hour and to two hours was just like the most like serene thing, listening to music, even yeah. sometimes like not listening to music and just enjoying the actual like sounds of nature like that was also yeah. a thing where i was always like had my headphones in type beat and then like taking them out and actually being like whoa there's music happening yeah. everywhere around us and it's different because i'm not in the city i'm not in toronto like listening to like 18 different sounds happening at the same time whether yeah. it's taxi honking or construction down the street like it's it's wild it's like like just hearing birds chirp and that's it and like and like the like leaves. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a trip bro that's why i'm like Whenever you're back, yo. Whenever you're back down in down in Toronto, let me know, bro. We'll go on walks and stuff. We'll do some real. We'll do yeah, some no, real. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> That's dope. I'm down with that. One thing too I'm that waiting. like I I was shocked to find out is um, can't remember what it's called, but it's in Saga, and it's like, but it's it's like a nature area, and I was near Humber. And oh, like, that's the sure way. I think that's like, what? what is that? Is it like a conservatory or is it like little, an actual forest? It's, it's, it's a forest area, and but there's a walking path. And it's like, I was walking there and there were deer. There were bunnies all over the place. There were, yeah. there were um, like gophers and stuff. And it was like, it was just fascinating to see that much wildlife in still what I consider was relatively close to urban areas. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think it's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's like, I don't know if it's, it's um, like Lawton Heights or if it's Glendon hmm. you're at, but definitely hmm. like those, like it's, I've, I've actually biked through there. I've biked through there maybe once or twice. And like, it, it is really, yeah. I think that's the one thing about Toronto that like, you know, obviously in Van, it's like the same thing, but it's like all the scale of it is like, like very environmentally. Yeah. Like, that's why I love Vancouver so much because like you can tell like they're the emphasis is on keeping like the, 
the actual environment and and keeping like the the foundation of what they're you know what they're building in like at its at its forefront yeah and so like even just stepping outside when you're in like you know i always used to stay with my aunt and uncle and they live right on granville and so like even stepping out on granville like the air is just different especially because you're on the coast yeah but like the trees and like just like everything it just like feels so green and i think yeah. the one thing about toronto that's like really like low-key just because obviously within the like actual dense areas and populations of the city um it feels obviously way more urban but um we there's always these pockets of just like like nature and like beauty and like even within um riverdale area like riverdale is like such a beautiful park that's like literally like dead into like like you know on the outskirts of 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 downtown core but if you keep walking if you keep walking through the the paths like those paths can essentially lead you to scarborough and like they're probably like the most no, like I've, I've taken path. it i used to live in scarborough and there was yeah a few times like i biked from scarborough to downtown and it's and always it's like, a good idea at first because you're yeah, like oh, yeah i'm gonna get my workout in and then you're downtown and it's like shit, it's eight o'clock i gotta bike home <laughs> i know right <laughs> that's facts uh, oh my gosh but it's it's wild too because like you just get to see that there's so many like little pockets of of nature and, and earth within even like the crowdest or cr- like you know like the most crowded areas of toronto and like you know whether it's like woodbine beach or or if you go to the west end like the west end as soon as you hit the west end there's just like parks on every block and like although they're small yeah. like congregated areas or whatever you know like they're very much so like, you know, what add to the charm of, of the West End or like of Toronto in itself of like being able to feel like you're outside of the city when you're like just right outside of the city. Like I, I would never want to live yeah, yeah, yeah. like downtown core because like just knowing me, like I would not fare well there and I would, it would just be too many shenanigans and too much for me. But East End and West yeah. End, I've always looked at like Cabbage Town, Cabbage Town to like like Parkdale area like even like I would love living in those areas just because it definitely still feels yeah. like you're in the city but it feels way more community based and like neighborhood yeah. you know neighborhoody. <laughs> no, that's true. That's dope though. Man, that's real cool. But um, I also still want to have one more question about your music. Yeah. Um, in regards to this project that's going on, is it just going to be music or is there um a video aspect that's going to be linked to this release process the strategy definitely definitely some visuals so i think that the one thing i want to carry throughout uh, my music now is capitalizing on the fact that i had so many years of experience on on camera and on stage and so the performance aspect of everything i do is going to be definitely like on a hundred now uh, I want to like showcase not not only what I could do musically, but what I can do um, on camera and on stage. Just because I know, like, you know, I haven't put my ten thousand hours into music, and I'm working my way towards that. And I know that there's a lot of of um, learning to be done in all aspects. You know what I mean? Whether it's yeah. like even even for acting and dancing and all stuff. Like, I'm we're always going to be learning as people. We're always going to be simultaneously learning and teaching things throughout our lives and it's a lifelong journey but um you know i guess having the background of of dance and acting i i know that i could 
I could focus more on like getting my shit together in the music. And then with dance and acting, I could capitalize on that right away where I can like actually yeah, like showcase what I saw that you were doing do like TikTok videos with your um, TikTok videos with your music that you were releasing before. So you were essentially creating exactly. these little choreographed bits to help promote your music. Exactly. But yeah, and I just what I, I wanted to allude wanted... to was like if yeah. you were getting into the music video realm, if you're taking any experience from watching directors do their thing, like do you, are you going to be behind the camera as well with that? Absolutely. I think that my my thing for especially within my own music videos, I definitely want to get to a place where I could direct, you know, have have my name under direction and like actually understand that. I think that even just from the past music videos that I've done, I've been very involved in the shots and like what's been going on and like wanting to see how things evolve. And there's a lot of things that go into being, you know, into direction and, and for production, like I could see myself doing, be, you know, playing a, a producer role as well. That would, it would be really fun. Just like, I guess, ironing out all the, like the details of things and like making sure that all the like pieces are together and knowing where to outsource and knowing what networks to use and like bringing people together. I love bringing people together in those ways. Um, yeah. it, throughout the music process, like that's always been my thing. Like, okay, what I always have like my homies coming together and like a lot of my homies I work with, they've never worked with each other before. And so it's always a matter of like, okay, let's see what, let, let's see what happens if we all get in together. And that's been a really cool yeah. process yeah. for me. So for music videos and all that stuff, like, that would be a really cool thing, but definitely I wanted like get to a place where I could direct my own uh, music videos, and obviously it's like I I don't really feel like I need to direct every single music video myself. Like I don't think that's that yeah. that's like my mo. Like obviously I love working with people and I love like the visions of uh, like you know other creatives and I, I don't want to like just like be this dude that's like oh I do everything myself. I write my own music. I do all this stuff myself. Yeah. Like that's not me. You know I like I love community and like one of the best things about working in the in the arts is is the sense of community that you can build with your peers and with you know so many talented fucking yeah. people so um but direction in terms of that like i think that i have no idea how to write a shot list i have no idea how to write a treatment i have no <laughs> idea how to do all this stuff but i feel like for my own projects i would definitely want to learn those things so i could i could yeah. be involved as much as i can like i've always been someone that just wants to like dig my hands into every aspect especially if if it's all like my shit like if it's my yeah. music video for my song then like i want to be as involved and i don't want people to ever feel like i'm like kind of like i don't know just one of those like oh whatever type things like i want to be involved and i want to put in work too and so like yeah. getting myself to a place where i can like even co-direct would be really really fun and like learning okay like what do people look for in terms of like what like what lenses they want to use and like what shots for yeah. which certain things and like you know what i mean and like i guess like that's just like a completely different different um it's a completely different ball game but it seems like so much fun yeah yeah for sure no that's dope and plus yeah. i just have like i just love so, referencing shit <laughs> like yeah. like even with my, no, with my yeah, music it's, it's all about just little easter eggs little little exactly that's, that's that's what i personally that's what i i'm i'm into because like Especially yeah. just the other night, I just watched Matrix, and How was all the it? little throwbacks to like, I enjoyed it. Oh jeez, it. it was fun. It was, it was really sick. dope. Yeah. Um, last question before before I, I let you go. 
but Nilo, because originally it was Nilo C, and yeah. is this just like your way to reinvent exploring who you are, where it's like, oh, I've been living my life as Colin. Now I want to explore my life backwards. Exactly. Is that like, it's like where it stems flash from, or is this something that Superman. you need to take back to therapy? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a little bit of both. Like I, I think that what's fun about both names, you know, like whether whether it's um, you know, my actual name or my my artist name, um, I think that it's it's fun having those characters to play into at certain times. And like mm. definitely like my artist name comes out whenever I'm out in public having to play the game and like networking or doing the whole thing and like it, it does give me a little bit more of a more of a foundational like protection in a way not for anybody else or not for like any real reasons other than just like no no no, no. like like this is part of my work you know and like being able to like distinguish Colin from the artist right I always find that like when when I feel like I'm calling, it's like when I feel like, like when I'm just myself, like when I'm, you know, learning about myself or when I'm even just feeling like shit, you know, or like doing whatever. And then this, this, this enigma that is Nilo or Nilo or whoever it is, like, it's, it's more so like a way of like making things more intentional with what I'm doing you know yeah. and so it's like if i'm releasing yeah. something That's or really my social medias yeah. like having that like having that name under my social medias has like given me so much more like just for myself just like mental clarity it really doesn't make a difference if it's my name my real name or my artist name but like just like the mental clarity of like oh wait the intention behind these things aren't because i need to show my life and i need to you know this is who i am it's actually it's actually an extension of who i am and so like I always just treat my mm -hmm. artistry and like my artist name as like an extension of who I am. Like it's not gonna be fully a hundred percent me just because it's impossible to even really show people a hundred percent me through Instagram or TikTok or even on stage or when I meet them or whatever it is. Um, but yeah. realistically, like that person is still at the forefront of everything that I wanna do. And like before yeah. it was it was definitely a matter of like, oh, like now now I'm Nilo, so then I'm like um, this person that like is like in rambunctious and this and that and like um, and like you know I'm I'm a I'm a wild boy and I'll do whatever I want I don't give a f like type shit and like now it's just a matter of like no no, no like it's just it's just a brand realistically like I treat yeah. I treat the name as a brand and and I don't ever yeah. want it to be convoluted within who I am as a person just because I know like already like growing up in in entertainment and like you know you've seen it for yourself too it's it's just it's easy to get lost in the sauce you know so i definitely want to like yeah. like stay grounded within who i am as a person and not be attached to my my shit and that also made me it also made making music way easier for myself as well because um it allowed me to not hold things too personally and like hold things too closely in my work like yeah. I, I I honestly I'm not married to my music at all. And I think that's a, a really like important thing for me just because like I don't ever want to get a get high off my own product, get high off my own shit. And I also don't want those things to like like bite me in the ass and and and, and hinder what I'm doing. 
And so it's a matter of like, I just yeah. like making shit. I like creating. I like doing things like that, whether it's dancing and choreographing stuff or whether it's acting and or whether <laughs> it's making music. Like I just love, um, I just love the creation process. And and for me, yeah. the hard part is marketing. <laughs> the hard part is is mm. creating this brand and pushing things. Like that is the hard part, I think yeah. for, for everybody. Because at the end of the day, if it was if it was only a matter of making things, then we would all just be laughing but it's it's a matter of like also yeah. packaging and making it so that it could be consumed and so like with me, yeah. with my with my work and with my name it's more so like i just love creating this is stuff i've made if you guys like it it's going to be under this brand and this is nilo and I, i've also incorporated my own company so like it's going to be under this is wrongs and rights and this is this and that and like having those housing units for everything just allows me yeah. to like be like okay my job is done now i can like chill and like actually yeah. like you know just focus on what is actually important which is not not amassing yeah. to millions of streams and making millions of dollars but it's just giving myself the freedom of of being able to do what i love and do it consistently and and yeah. and live off of that you know and and provide provide for my family off of that so that's always my main thing it's like i just want to like make cool shit and like make or make things yeah. i think is cool because obviously it's all subjective anyway but make things i think 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 are really cool and share them with the world and 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 if that can if that can you know help me do the things and feel the things that i want to do in the future then i'll just continue to do that but like yeah. never holding on to it too tightly being like, oh, this is the best song in the world. Like I'm the best artist in the world. Like, I don't care about being the best anymore. I think that was a very like, like dancing and acting made me feel like, okay, I want to be the best dancer. I want to be the best yeah. actor. I want to be this. like now, like that really doesn't like appeal to me anymore. And like, it's just like, now mm. it's like, I just want to have fun doing it and like love what I do. Yeah. So if I love it, then all right, cool. We're good. <laughs> Man, that's deep. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's it's it still blows my mind that like you're you're as young as you are and then you you have such a broad scope of life and it's it's beautiful man and it, and I'm so happy to see it so thanks for sharing that thank you bro. thank you thank you for chatting and listening to me ramble <laughs> yeah no that's I really, cool that's I really cool. talk this much so it's fun it's fun to talk. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. And like, if you have any future projects, let me know, and we'll we'll bring it right back, and and we'll definitely dig into those too. But dope. Thank you so much Absolutely. for coming out, man. Thank you so much for <laughs> well, having me. Everybody, it was such a pleasure, bro. Yeah, no. Colin, also known as Nilo. All the links will be down below. Don't forget to hit subscribe and like for both of our things. But this is the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Play On Foundation. I'm Javi. Hope you enjoyed it. Catch you on the next one. Thank you all for tuning in. Artwork by Monique Lizardo. Music by Kate Cole. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, share, tag us, whatever all the fun things people do when they like something. But most importantly, check out www.letsplayon.org for the Play On Foundation and lend your voice in bringing awareness to the neurological research for brain aneurysm detection and prevention. My name's Chavi. See you next time on the Two Degrees Podcast.